Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Believer, I know it's not easy, but the challenge is, especially the diligence, the endurance, the challenge is to read through your whole Bible. Why? So you can get the full counsel of God's Word. Many times we just take one verse and use that. Just one verse, one verse, one verse. It's, not, it's just a part of the picture. So number one, you need to read the Word. And number two, especially as Americans, you need to read what? The Constitution. I need to say this tonight because this has gotten to the point where it's troubling now. And I'm going to say this, and I don't know if I'm going to say it again, but I think I will on Sunday morning because there will be more people here. But according to our laws... The way I read them, the way I understand them, and I am a constitutionalist. I don't believe the Constitution is just for convenience. I believe it, it, it is tied closely to in God we trust. And we had to fix some areas of the Constitution with the Bill of Rights, right? Amendments for people of color and, and ladies and different stuff like that. But I'm going to tell you right now it is illegal to close churches. That is an infringement of your rights as humans especially when Walmart's still open. I have nothing against Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's, but this thing has been all over the place. Say, oh man, Matt, careful, are you talking? No, let, let me tell you right now. Scripture says that authority is in place to be a terror to evil and to support and protect the good. But when authority does not do that, then there's a problem. Look at this. This is not in the lineup tonight. It may not even make it to the screens. That's up to them. But I'm going to tell you this right now. Let's go to Isaiah 520 if you have your Bibles. You need to hear this because it, this, this all ties in because this is big stuff, man. You start, you start closing down churches. The governor of California has closed uh, religious gatherings indoors indefinitely. Mm. Watch out, man. Everybody who has ever come against the church of Jesus has always ended up failing. Rome, the most powerful empire in the history of the world, they found out that their decline was at its beginning when they began to crucify Christians and throw us. Yeah, that's us, because that's our people. They began to throw Christians out to the lions and made them gladiators and made them fight and let animals eat them in, in the Colosseum there. And Rome fell for it. They declined and declined and declined until God brought an emperor who was a believer and he pronounced freedom of worship, okay? In about 3-something three, three A.D., 311, 313 A.D., Emperor Constantine. But let me say this, Isaiah 5, verse 20, look at this. What sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil. That dark is light and light is dark, that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. What sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes and think themselves so clever. That's verse 21. What sorrow for those, once again, who are wise in their own eyes and think themselves so clever. It's amazing to me that we have a generation of people in America now who do not know their rights. They don't. I, I know folks in our church that are veterans and combat veterans, and they were, I mean, we got Navy and Army represented here tonight. They served. And I guarantee you, they didn't serve just so they, we could have our rights taken away. 
They serve so that we could keep our rights as Americans. And then beyond American, I'm going to tell you what, I'm a believer before I'm an American. And I will, I will bleed on the red, white, and blue flag to keep those stripes red. But I am a believer above the fact that I'm, I'm an American. And I'm telling you right now, closing churches is illegal. And I believe closing restaurants is illegal. And closing businesses is, is illegal. It just it's, This stuff doesn't make sense to me. And when you touch, you, you can mess with all kinds of stuff, all right? Close bars and all kinds of stuff, whatever, right? But you start touching the body of Christ and God's church, you say, oh, is that just this church? Is it just that church? No, it's everybody who believes in Jesus. That is the body of Christ. You start touching the body of Christ, you've touched the apple of God's eye. And Scripture talks about that. you got God to deal with, and I say good luck to those who keep trying to oppress the church of Jesus during these times. I needed to say that. Once again, let's just make sure it's recorded. Make sure it's out there. I'm saying right now, it is illegal to close churches. Not even to mention businesses, but I'm going to deal with the church part of that, mostly. It's illegal to close churches. Folks should not do it. Emergency powers are not for violating civil rights. All right? I need to say that. Whether you agree with it or not, hey, I understand. God bless you. I've read the Constitution. I've also read my Bible. And I know, I know and we've been talking about this with boundaries, is there's consequences for choices. Say, man, if, if they start closing churches again, are you going to compel us as, as the people of God here to come to church? That's between you and God, man, and there's no guilt. There's nothing. You've got to do what you feel is right in your conscience. But I'm going to tell you right now, the last time it happened, it violated my conscience personally. It was very personal to me. It hurt my feelings. I'm telling you right now, had no one come to church, had no one come to church, or one or five, last time I would have wanted to have been here, and we'll see what God does this next time. I, I don't agree with that stuff. It's getting to be really, really personal. And they can mess with me. They can mess with you. But that's between them and God. And God will deal with them for messing with his church. So I needed to say that tonight. There's a lot of stuff out there and what people should do. And what I love what Pastor said on Sunday. He said people are offended if you wear a mask or, and others are offended if you don't wear a mask. So you've got to do what you feel is right. And that's fine. Man, I've had to put some of those crazy masks on and just play the game to get into stores. Some places say, no, you've got to do the math, and you get in the store, and then you're taking it off. So what are we doing, right? So my thing is, don't let your conscience be violated during this time. I've got to, I've got to speak hard to that. Why? Because, hey, it's between you and God, and that's important. Don't, don't let people mess with your faith either, all right? Here's why, why I'm bringing this up so strong tonight before I get into my text. Barna did a study. They do statistics, especially for churches. They did a study that one in three church-going Americans have not returned to church in person or online services since this started. 30-something percent of church-going believers in America. Wow. Folks are getting sorted out. They're getting sorted out. So we knew this was going to happen, but what's amazing is there are many times when, the, I, I mentioned this in Bible study last night, when the church gets persecuted, there, it's also a powerful testimony to the world. And there's those that are undecided, or they were just hardcore sinners, and they're not saved yet. And they go, wow, you guys are for real. You can't be shaken. Hebrews says we have received an unshakable kingdom. So either we believe or we don't believe. 
I'm going to tell you what screams I don't really believe is, I'm going to stop serving God because there's a virus. Mm, come on now. I, I don't know who needed to hear that tonight. Maybe not you. Maybe it was somebody on the live stream. Maybe it was somebody who's going to listen to the audio later. But I am accountable to God for what I teach and preach, and I'm going to speak the truth. All right? So let's get into our text tonight. Matthew chapter 7. I love this text. If you have red letter edition in your Bible, well, Jesus is speaking throughout this chapter, just about the whole chapter. So I'm going to read real, real quick, and I'm going to just kind of a quick review. I'm not going to get into all of it, but let's start with verse 1 again. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. And Jesus said, do not judge others and you will not be judged. Hmm. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Last week I referred to the fact that Jesus also said, be wise in judging. Look beneath the surface to judge correctly because humans, mankind, men and women, we judge by outward appearance, right? So once again, verse 2, you'll be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Verse 3, and why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? Amazing. There, there's, there's Christians out there worried about people wearing masks and they stop going to church. Right? <laughs> I'm just saying. How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? I also mean, though, I also mean they've stopped being connected at church. Say, they're not comfortable coming in person? Hey, that's fine. Tune in online and stay faithful to God. Stay connected to God somehow. But can you imagine one in three people right now? Believers in America have stopped attending in person and have stopped attending online services. That sounds like a problem to me. What do y'all think? That sounds problematic, right? Let's go on to the next verse. Hypocrite. Jesus said it. I didn't say it. Oh, Pastor Matt's preaching hypocrite. I'm quoting what Jesus said. Hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Verse 6. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls and turn and attack you. I'm not calling humans pigs, but this is a beautiful, beautiful metaphor that Jesus is doing here. You ever tried to give a verse to someone over and over again and they just about spit on you for it? Well, that means don't, don't give what is holy to those who are unholy. He said, I don't want that. Well, fine. You know what the Apostle Paul did with the Jews? God's people. God's people. Just finished reading through the book of Acts in the one-year Bible. You know what the Apostle Paul did? More than once, he told the Jews, guys, you don't want it? We shake the dust off our feet now. We're going to the Gentiles. We'll go to who receives it. Okay? So, let's go on to the next verse. Verse 7. Look at Jesus. He's hitting stuff from all kinds of angles here. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Powerful. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? No. Verse 10, or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. Look at what Jesus said here. And he's speaking to an interesting crowd. You can tell he says, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, you flawed individuals, you humans, right? Flawed individuals, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? 
Verse 12, this is where we left off last week. We're going to really get rolling now. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. One translation says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Let me read that verse again. Do unto others, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Why? Why is that the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets? Why, why would you think? Well, because Jesus said all of the law and the prophets hang upon this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength and might and love your neighbor as yourself. Watch this now. I love this example just because I had disturbed sleep for three weeks. If you were really walking in love and you would do unto others as you would have them do unto you, do you think you would pop fireworks all night until 4 a.m. while your senior citizen neighbors are sleeping? Now, I know I'm not a senior citizen, bro, or sis, brethren, sistren. Sistren's not a word, but it is now. Listen, I'm not a senior citizen, but I go to bed early like one. Why? Because I wake up early. And it's amazing to me how some people just don't care. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. How many of you like getting hung up on, on the phone? That's, to me, that's, I don't know. I think I have a few pet peeves that may be one of them. You're talking, and they're done, and they got mad, and it's click. Back in the day, it was so much more dramatic. because It's like you would hear the phone hit, hit as it was hanging up on you, like, <laughs> say, I don't... I don't like that. Well, then don't do, don't do that to other people if you hate it. I remember dealing with a young lady years ago, and she couldn't handle anyone being impatient with her. Sweet, sweet, lovely, lovely young lady. Oh, it would stress her out if people would get impatient with her or a little rude. But every time I was around this young lady and she was on the phone with an operator, I, I say operator, an associate, whatever, the person on the other customer service, she'd get impatient with them and put it all on them. And I called, them, I called this person out one time. I said, hey, you can't handle people being impatient with you, but every time I hear you on the phone with customer service, AT&T or whoever, I don't know, I said, you're getting impatient. Come on now. I say, well, let me give you an example, and I'm going to tell on myself. I've already repented. Summer of 1999, I was buying a house on contract. I'll never forget. It was on Stephen Drive. I was in my early 20s. My brother and my cousin stayed the night with us, and we had all guys staying in the house. It was absolute foolishness. Nothing illegal or immoral that I know of. I didn't see anything immoral going on, but I think this was probably unethical and very unkind. I don't remember whose idea it was. Maybe it was me. It was probably me. I just don't, I don't, I can tell you month and year, but I don't, it was probably me because I was a ringleader usually. Someone said, or I said, hey, it was my brother and my cousin. Hey, John and them are in the room sleeping. Let's, let's fill up a trash can with water and pour it on them. Well, they had locked the door and they were in there talking and they were trying to, you know how you're getting drowsy and just laying there talking with one of your buddies? It should be pleasant, right? Well, someone else had the genius idea. They said, hey, 
I was buying this house, the air conditioner wasn't working. <laughs> so they had the back window open. So somebody said, let's just go around to the backyard and do it through the back window. It's right there. It's a small room. I, I promise you, I'm not just trying to act holy or something and say, I don't remember who did it. I know I was deeply involved. I don't know if I instigated and someone else did it. I don't remember. But someone <laughs> threw a trash can full of water on them while they were in there resting. I don't even know if they were asleep yet. Now, here's what you don't know about Pastor John back in the day. He may not have been the biggest guy, but he was always creative. He'd do weird stuff. He'd do weird stuff to your clothes or just, just something weird and creative. And I don't remember whatever happened that night, but it turned out that after a while, people were so frustrated <laughs> that they didn't even stay the night at my house. People were getting in their cars, leaving, and it just it devolved. Here's the point of the story. Would I have wanted someone to do that to me? No. I repented. And that was, that's, <laughs> that's going on 21 years ago now. It's, it's just past 21 years ago. It is clear in my mind. And I repented. And I said, man, that was bad. I apologize to everybody involved. It's so fun until it happens to you, huh? You know, these brilliant ideas. And you guys have seen stuff captured on video over the years. Remember, it started with America's Funniest Home Videos. And now everybody's phone has a video, uh, a video recorder. And you see stuff being done, and you're going, oh, my gosh. It's funny until it happens to you, right? So do unto others. What does verse 12 say again? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I want to be treated with kindness. How about you? I want to be treated with patience. I want to be given chances. Some of the most hardcore people that don't want to give chances, they, need an, they want another chance. So we got to remember, we got to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. This verse, once again in the New Living, says, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the Law and the Prophets. And it takes the Old Testament... I'm told that rabbis have counted the laws in the Old Testament. Not the Ten Commandments. We know how many of those there are, right? How many Ten Commandments are there? If you say seven, we know how many commandments there are, but there's all these laws and precepts, and rabbis have deduced, I've mentioned this to you a few times in the last couple months, that there are 613 Precepts for behavior in the Old Testament. 613 of them. You'd have to be a bad mamma jamma, man or woman, to memorize all that. Jesus simplified it. He said, all the laws and prophets hang on this, Jesus said. Love the Lord your God with all your strength, soul, might, ability, everything you have within you. And love your neighbor as yourself. Remember, it's easy to be upset with someone and hold a grudge against them. I, I'm speaking from my heart right now. But you're going to need mercy too. Oh, the most picture-perfect example of this happened to me when I was in my 20s. I'll never forget. I was upset with someone. We'd been going round and round about something. It was just awkward. Someone I loved dearly. I was putting a CD in the deck of... I must have been driving my sister's car that night. I was on a road trip somewhere. And it's almost like an audible voice. I cannot tell you it was an audible voice, but I know God was speaking to me. And 
you've heard this in my testimony, but I, I heard the Lord speak to my heart, and he said, I've forgiven you of everything, and you can't forgive them of this, these few things. And I went, man, that is, that's serious. Because I'm reminded of what? I'm reminded of what Jesus said, remember? He said, if you don't forgive, then what? Your heavenly Father can't forgive you, or won't. So there's, remember, we hold a lot of people captive to certain things. We want to control certain things, how people act, how they respond to stuff. But how are we responding? How are we acting? Remember, it always comes down to God is a personal God. Is everybody still with me? God is a personal God. The Lord, your God. The Lord, your God. He's a personal God. That's why we say Jesus is my Lord and personal Savior. I've heard people say, well, personal Savior, that's not in the Bible. Well, in a manner of speaking, it really is. Scripture explains Scripture. It doesn't come right out and say personal Savior. Maybe the Message Bible does. I don't know. But I do know this, that He is a personal God and a personal Savior. He's concerned with you. He said, I will be your God when you are young, and I will be your God when you're old. So don't ever forget that, all right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Let's go on to verse 13. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. Wow. What do you think that means, the narrow gate? Well, Scripture says there is only one mediator between God and man, and that is Christ Jesus. There's one way to get to heaven. Did you know you can look at other religions and they twist that up if you really get into their doctrine? You can look into Islam, and Islam cannot guarantee you salvation. There's some good ideas in there. You say, man, we have the pillars of Islam and this and that. But apart from God and His plan to save mankind, there, there's, just, there's just no other way. You can ask a Muslim and say, hey, how do, can you guarantee? You say, well, no, Allah is merciful. Allah is righteous. You know, He's good, but... I mean, that's up to him at the end. But see, the God you serve, the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know what Scripture says? Romans chapter 10, what? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved, man. You'll be saved. You confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, and you'll be saved. You'll be saved. You'll be saved. That's a powerful guarantee that God would say, if you'll put me first and seek me, I'll let you in, but it's a narrow path. Why? Look at the rest of this verse. The highway to hell is broad. And its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. It's, it's not hard to make a, a zero on a test, is it? You ever notice that? It's not hard to make a zero on a test. Just put your name on the paper. Turn it back in. Zero. Now, it's, it's more challenging to get an A or a B. Sometimes it's hard on some tests to get a C. You say, man, how, 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 does, how do people end up going to hell? Why would they? The free gift, they don't do anything with the gift God gave them through Jesus. Say, oh, no, man, they could be on their way to hell for this, that, or that. No, I love what Dad said Sunday. This is powerful. He said, there's not a sin problem anymore since Jesus. Now there's just a sinner problem. 
I wish I could take credit for that statement. That is such a profound statement. There's not a sin problem anymore. There's just a sinner problem. Those that keep doing sin and they don't know that they can be free of that. All right? Verse 14, but the gateway to life is very narrow. And the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. I believe everyone in this room has found it in Jesus. The gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. Look at verse 15. This is powerful. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. Let me linger on that verse a moment. A false prophet is someone who misuses the word, twists the word, attributes false things to God, lies. A false prophet is someone who keeps making predictions that are inaccurate and then they make excuses about it. Watch out for that. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. Look at verse 16. Say, wait, didn't Jesus say, don't judge? Yeah, he means don't be reckless in your judgment. Don't be reckless and foolish. If you're going to be making judgments, make sure decisions about people, make sure they're done in love. Because look at verse 16. You can identify them by their fruit. Identifying is judging. You can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. Behaviors are a boundary that we as Christians, we as believers, we've got to keep. Behavior tells a lot about what we believe what's going on within us, all right? You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? You know, I wish, we, we've planted some plants in our yard, a tree even. I wish that those plants gave whatever fruit we decided that month during the growing season. Wouldn't that be cool? Say, man, Lord, this month we want, and it's going to be like that in heaven. I'm sure, just, just stuff growing, just crazy stuff. But we get out in the backyard and we look at the plants and say, okay, these are, uh, what, what are those? Canamonicos. Lord, I wish those would grow grapes. They don't. They grow flowers. Those are beautiful. But I'm not going to eat those. Right? A good tree produces good fruit. And a bad tree produces bad fruit. I've been around people before that everything that came out of their mouth was filthy. Filthy. I'll say it again, filthy. Degrading women, talking terrible. And then I've heard other people go, yeah, but they have a good heart. What? Come on, man. I was born in the dark, but it wasn't last night, right? A good tree Actually, I think I was born at one in the afternoon, but I think that's a song. You know my point. A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. Wow. We have a pear tree in the backyard. I don't think the fruit's bad enough for the dogs not to eat it because they're always eating it. There's, there's, <clears throat> excuse me, there's squirrels that feast on it, and they just, you can be outside and there's squirrels. You can't see them in the tree hardly, but they're eating and they're dropping it all over. So it's good enough. But they're small. I like the pears that they have at the store. Big ones, big soft ones, right? Once again, a good tree can't produce bad fruit. And a bad tree can't produce 
Good fruit. Look at verse 19. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. He said, oh man. Here's the interesting dichotomy about Jesus. He's so, here's a word, here's the buzzword. I remember a few years ago especially. Jesus is inclusive. Oh yeah. Jesus is inclusive. He includes everybody in his invitation. But once the people accept his invitation come in and the rest reject it, then what does he do? Then it becomes exclusive. What a dichotomy. You guys remember the story of the wedding? He said, go out and invite people. And people start making excuses. said, man, I just got married. I just bought some land. I'm going to go look at it. You didn't, brother, you didn't go look at the land before you bought it? Strange. Anyway, people making excuses. Finally, he says, okay, okay. They're uninvited now. Go get everybody else so that my house will be full. Okay. Jesus is powerful this way. He includes everybody in the invitation, but at some point, what does Scripture say? Seek Him while He may be found, while His Spirit's pulling on you. Because He's invited everybody to the banquet, but not everybody wants to go. Verse 20, yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. You say, oh man, there's all these... There's this crazy thing going on with COVID, and it's all over the nation. And it, man, I know, I know governors are torn, and I am not in their position. I know that. But would you think me strange if I looked for every opportunity to cancel church? You say, oh, yeah, Pastor Matt, but you're a pastor. Yeah, but you start to see the intent of people's heart and what's important to them and what's priority based on their actions. Can we read verse 20 one more time? I like this. Verse 20. Just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. We have a mulberry tree in the backyard, and I know it's a mulberry tree. It's not peaches because the dog's feet are purple, our feet are purple. It looks like you just bled all over the yard, or it's a wine press. It's just crazy. And Lord, help us, man. I want to cut that thing down before next summer. But you can identify people by their behavior and actions. Verse 21. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Isn't that powerful? Now this, this next verse has been, uh, next couple verses has been a little misconstrued. But look at what it says here by folks who read it and taken it the wrong way. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you get away from me, you who break God's laws. Now, is casting out demons breaking God's laws? No, because Jesus said, you will cast out demons in my name. He said, the miracles I do, you'll do even greater. So scripture explains scripture. What that means is, can some people walk in godly authority to a point and still disobey God in very important areas of their lives? Yes. Yes. You get to heaven by faith and action. All right? Faith and works. Verse 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. You want to build your life on the solid rock of God? Keep, keep reading your Bible. Through the 
thick and the thin, the tough and the lean and the hard times. Keep reading that Bible. Keep reading that Bible. Verse 25, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. Bedrock is the layer of rock beneath the surface of the ground that isn't going anywhere. It's there. It's there till judgment day. Verse 26, Jesus said, but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. I love the beach, y'all, but houses right on the beach, they make me nervous because storms come. And some things on the beach, beach have lasted a long time, but usually there's rebuilding after hurricane season. If the hurricane hits them hard enough and direct enough, Things don't, the beach is beautiful. I love the beach. But I don't want my dream home on the beach. Okay? Verse 27, when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Hmm. Verse 28, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. Let's go back to verse... um, Let's go to verse 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching, not Pastor Matt's, not Pastor Fabian's, Pastor Jen's, not Debbie's teaching, not Omar's, not Ariana's, not Alonso's, not Mary's. All right? Y'all getting my point here? Not B's teaching. We're going to echo what God says. We're going to echo what God says. And that means it's the teaching of Jesus. Anyone who listens to my teachings and teaching and follows it is wise. Teachings of Jesus. Like a person who builds a house on what? Solid rock. That's what all this teaching was for tonight. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes if you would please. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the teaching of your word. And Lord, I believe as equally important is the reception and the receiving of your word. How will many people know if we don't teach and preach the truth? Lord, give us a hunger for your word like never before. I know what your end game is, Lord God. I know what scripture says. I know what the the future you promised, but Lord, I don't know all the details and the steps leading up to that. I just know that Jesus said it is necessary that these things happen and then the end will come. I don't believe the end is tomorrow or next week or even next month, Lord, but I know that you're doing something now. You're allowing stress, tension, a struggle, a strain to build spiritual muscle, Lord, if people will take it as such. That's how our bodies work in the gym. In the same way, our faith muscles are built through duress and through taking a stand, and through loving you, God, and knowing "Mm -mm, I'm not going to compromise my faith. I'm not going to violate my beliefs for that. I will not, I will not, I will not. And Lord, give us courage, boldness, and continue to shower us with your favor, Lord, through these interesting, unique, unique times. Lord God, I plead the precious blood of Jesus over everyone in this crowd tonight, and everyone at the sound of my voice. Go ahead, right where you are, make sure your heart is right with God. Make sure you've forgiven everyone you need to forgive. You say, man, I can't get over that yet. Be careful, 
Be careful, you don't want it to turn into bitterness. Don't keep going around the same mountain over and over and over again like the children of Israel. It's bothering you, talk about it, but at some point, guess what? This is, this is what I've learned in my life. And the Lord confirms it in Scripture. You've got to get past the point of just needing milk. You need solid food. You've got to get past the basics and start to grow up in the Lord. You say, man, well, I still feel this way. They're still doing that. You know what? You get into the Word. You forgive. You be a Christian adult. That's right. You be a godly, believing adult. I don't know who that is for tonight. It's time that you forgave. It's time that you forgave. You're gonna, you love the Lord. You're going to build your life on the teachings of Jesus. Well, one of the main teachings of Jesus is what? Forgiveness. Why? Because that is loving your neighbor as yourself. And in forgiving others, you're showing that you love God. This just really came to me yesterday, people of God. This came to me yesterday, and it's not deep. But it, I, the realization and the weight of truth fell on me like a ton of bricks. And I thought, wow, we've got to make sure our hearts are right all the time because we can get offended each and every day of our lives. With someone, with something, we remember the past. Someone brings up something. Oh, man, someone offends us. I brought this up in Bible study last night. Matthew chapter 24, I believe it was verse 12. It said, in the end times, the love of many will grow cold. Somebody in my Bible study brought this up, and this is a fact. It said, the love of many will grow cold. The agape love of many. The love of God that was in their hearts at one time, they allow it to grow cold through unforgiveness. One translation says, many shall be offended does that sound like the world today? It does. Many shall be offended. Something bothers them and they never get over it. But that's not you and that's not me. Lord God, make sure our hearts are right. Speak to us, Lord. I know it's our responsibility, but Lord, we need your help. We need your help. Just speak to us, God. Help us to ensure that our hearts are right with you. We forgive right now. Lord, I forgive anyone who's ever offended me or slighted me or done something that I didn't think they should do or did it in the wrong way, or across a boundary that I had laid there. Whatever it is, Lord God, I forgive tonight, and I make a public declaration of it. Lord, I will be rooted and grounded in love, because you are the God who sees all, knows all, and you are part of every aspect of this universe, because you're omnipresent. Even when you allow things to happen, we know you are there. But Lord, we ask that you not just be present, but that you manifest your presence in our lives. I know that perfect love casts out fear, and perfect love helps us to forgive. Not our love, Lord. The love of God, agape love. The love from heaven. That's the love of Jesus. Now, Lord, convict us in any area right now. Right now. I'm not going to leave this alone. I'm not going to leave this alone yet. Lord, convict us of any area in our life where we're holding a grudge. I know we need boundaries. I know we've got to be wise. I know you didn't create us to be doormats and just to be walked on constantly. There are times we turn the other cheek, but there are other times where we say, that's enough. I forgive you, I love you, but the relationship has changed. That's enough. I will turn you over to God now for God to work in your life. We've got to get to that point sometimes, Lord. I don't know why I'm feeling led to get into this, but make sure 
everyone at the sound of my voice tonight, that your heart is right. This is a time of preparation. You think it's weird right now? Get ready. Don't be surprised for the next strange decision that comes down the pipeline from some aspect or the same the next bit of news. What? I can't believe it. Jesus said it's necessary that these things happen. Before a baby is born, there are birth pains. When there's birth pains, you, you know you're headed to the big event. This is not the end, but I believe in my heart of hearts, this is the beginning of the end, scripturally. I can't give you a date. No, I wouldn't even try to do that. No one knows but the Father. But make sure your heart is right. Scripture says Jesus will come like a thief in the night. If you know what hour he was coming, you would be ready. So you say, well, I'm not certain of the hour. I'm just going to make sure my heart is right and it's ready. Lord, give us wisdom. And through the tribulation going on in our lives right now, Lord, I know there's people in here. I think everyone in here is going through something, a challenge, a difficulty, something frustrating, something heartbreaking, something that has really, really, really wrenched their hearts and strained their hearts, Lord. I thank you that you're healing, you're touching, you're benefiting them right now with your presence. Holy Spirit, we know, Lord God, that you are the balm of Gilead. Anoint our hearts, anoint us with your oil, your precious and perfect oil, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Please forgive us of our sins and cleanse us and help us to forgive, forgive others who have sinned against us. Sometimes we're mad at people, Lord, because they've sinned against you. That's between them and you. Our job is to make sure our hearts are clean and pure. Lord, help us in that area. Help us in that area. We're not going to be offended. We're not going to be offended. We're going to walk in love and truth according to your word. Thank you for the wisdom and ability to choose. We thank you, God. Thank you for tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Oh, wow, look, look at that verse, Matthew 24, 12. Sin will be rampant. Rampant, it conjures up an image of runaway. It's runaway, it's out of control. Sin will be rampant, ever-present, or prevalent, and the love of many will grow cold. Don't let your... Don't let your love grow cold, no matter what. I'm telling you, I've, I've had some forgiving to do this year in light of recent events, and I just said, Lord, you just keep working on me because it ain't. When it comes to me and God, this is for you as well. When it comes to me and God, it's all about how I respond, respond to stuff. So keep responding in love. Y'all are God's people. You're the apple of his eye. You're the sheep of his pasture. You're his chosen vessels, and he's going to move through you in these times. 